0: Hey, Jay. Paul, how are you? Hey, I'm all right this afternoon. Uh, Good to see you. Good to be back for um, chapter six or book six of the Odyssey. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we just finished up uh, the Telemachy two episodes ago, and then last episode introduced the next section, and uh, we're off Mm -hmm. and running into the Odyssey. Um, Odysseus has, or Telemachus has his Telemachy, Odysseus has his Odyssey. And we are in, uh, in the Odyssey uh, proper uh, now. So I'm excited to jump into this, uh, this book with you. But before yep. we do, Jay, do you have a poem for us?
1: Yeah, so I think we're going to talk. Uh, I think we mentioned last time, um, anybody here that has a laundry fixation, this is the book. You don't think epic poems deal with everything. This book will disprove that theory. Um, believe it or not, the very essential um plot point that frankly if a girl in book six doesn't have to do her laundry we don't get the rest of this poem honestly if you think about it so it's kind of like a good mystery you take one little micro detail out and the whole thing falls apart literally this chapter hinges on a girl needing to do laundry so anyway i found uh i don't know what this does to my google algorithm but I was Googling laundry poems. So Google is probably very confused about me right now. (laughs) Or maybe it's not, or maybe it's not, maybe it realizes I'm kind of weird anyway, but there's a poet by the name of Ruth Moose. Yes, that's her last Mm. name. Um, And in her book, making the bed came out in 04. She has this poem about laundry and it has a really creative title. The title is laundry. Okay. (laughs) And it has a word in it. it. It has a word in it that's essential in the Odyssey, and the word is supplication. And as you know, supplication is what you would do in a new country if you were utterly beholden, utterly, you know, in the hands of someone, utterly, you know, at their service, utterly, you know, demeaning yourself. Right? You'd get on your knees and you'd hug their ankles, showing how much lower you are than them. so anyway that's actually the last word of the poem which is kind of interesting but anyway this is ruth moose's poem laundry all our life so much laundry each day's doing or not comes clean flows off and away to blend with other sins of this world each day begins in new skin Blessed by the elements charged to take us out again to do or undo what's been assigned. From socks to shirts, the selves we shed lift off the line as if they own a life apart from the one we offer. There is joy in clean laundry. All is forgiven in water, sun, and air. We offer our day's deeds to the blue-eyed sky with soap and prayer, our arms up, then lowered in supplication oh. <laughs> Laundry so good, right rude moose Wow no idea I-, I have to get this book because I'm fascinated I really am no joke
0: oh, never has such a tedious duty like laundry been cast. Except possibly yeah. in book six of the Odyssey. Except except there. Why did you choose it?
1: Why did you choose it, Jay? I don't know. Like, I mean, I didn't even think I was going to find um, a poem about laundry that was worth paying attention to. And I found this one really fast. And then reading it, it's just, it's another one of those poems. Um, a friend of mine has a poem called Ode to Cheese Fries. And it reminds yeah. me of, like, okay, it starts with the mundane and the silly. But I don't know. These are the details of our life, Paul. You have a bunch of kids. I, you you folded your, you know, you you folded socks and cleaned, you know, grass stains out of jeans more times than you can count. It's the stuff of life. And if Homer's concerned about anything, it isn't just epic battles. It's the yeah. day-to-day grind. And I think he's, like, yeah. super aware of, like, all of that. So there's something weirdly Homeric in and- she actually takes it to a Homeric place at the end with the notion of lifting your eyes to the heavens and then supplicating. Like she kind of goes there in a surprising way. So I was really lucky to find that
0: poem. She does supplication is uh, is really reaching. You know, it's one thing to connect mm. to something bigger, like meaning or the selves of recreating yourself with each with each day, putting on a new a new self uh, this hopeful opportunity mm. sort of thing. Maybe we can kind of get that talk, but supplication talk. That's uh, yeah, that's yeah. A different. Yeah, I like that. I like that, and and it makes me want to think back through that other stuff, you know, more. And and yeah, it connects uh, fantastically to 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 this epic because I think uh, it's almost a a theme, at least a motif, in our discussions of this is how this grand Homeric Homeric um, uh, scale poem. Lives in the details, in the in, in the little details daily of the daily lives of the people who we meet over and over and over. And so this is this is exactly it. And you're right. The book opens with a call to laundry, not a call to arms, <laughs> a call to wash your clothes for, but for a grand, you know, for, for a grand purpose. Um, it yeah. certainly changes Odysseus's life. Um, I don't know if it changes Nausicaa's life or not. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about that. Uh, I'm not sure. She's, of course, uh, an extremely compelling character in this chapter uh, for several reasons. I wrote down um, reasons, suggestions, but uh, we can talk about it and see see what we come up with. All right. That was nice. Yeah, Uh, that was nice. I have to check out Ruth Moose as well. I don't know her work, but uh, I look forward to reading more more of hers now. Okay, I just think, you know, if she if she
1: married and took her husband's name, that's love. Because she's Mrs. Moose, she has Mr. Moose, and maybe there's a bunch of little moose. Anyway, yeah. I digress.
0: <laughs> well, that's all <laughs> stuff we can find out when we dig into her life. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, wait.
1: Well, uh, let's just let's, let's just sort of walk through a summary of this chapter.
0: Right. Um, right. So this book is it's pretty short. It's kind of like the last book. Yeah. 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 Um, short.
1: Um, you know, a strain. Athena's in yeah, I mean, Odysseus, right, in the last chapter, lands uh, on this foreign island. He has no idea. He's not reading the Odyssey. He has no idea where the heck he is. And yeah. um, But the chapter begins with Athena in disguise telling this princess, and it's Nausicaa, or, or Nausicaa. I have no idea how to pronounce the name. But telling this princess to go do your laundry down by the beach where the wash, washing pools are, um, and in my initial reading was, why is a princess doing laundry? But I think Athena spends it like, well, if you're going to land a husband, you know, you can't be wearing jeans with grass stains, to get back to our former conversation. Um, right. The princess and her servants are playing ball on the beach, this wonderfully innocent scene. They lose the ball, and it rolls near the bush where Odysseus is, who, you know, even though it looks kind of goofy on first read, he says or does the wrong thing in this foreign land. No one knows who he is. they He's dead. I mean, he's on eggshells yeah. very much. Um, yeah. Unlike the other girls, as you were kind of alluding to earlier, now Sika just stands and addresses him strongly. It right. says Athena strengthens her to do that, but she does it. She interacts yeah. with him, gives him clothes, and gives her tips to interact with her parents, uh, Ariti and um, Alcinous, uh, king and queen. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the book ends with a prayer. But um, I just want to say that like this is a chapter our our colleagues and maybe some of you listening who teach this, if you're gonna skip some chapters of the Odyssey, this is one of them and and i I would admit that that if you gave me like two or three weeks with the Odyssey, I would not do book six um yeah. but like we were saying before um you know Paul and I generally unless the something weird happens in the year we're teaching it, we do the whole thing um the Odyssey deals with all the stuff of life, and I think. I think there's some plot stuff in this chapter that's important. And I also think kind of like we know from our regular lives that like how we meet strangers, how we follow directions, how we show small acts of courage and even do menial things um, says a lot about who we are deep down. And I think Homer knew everything and he knew this. He knew I can't just show monsters and wars and and uh in huge conflict i have to show like the stuff of life day to day and how people respond to it. so i think this chapter is almost like a little voyeuristic interesting window to look at like just an everyday moment in the universe mm-hmm. that we're in that has mm-hmm. not many everyday moments. i mean th- there's a lot of just crazy unbelievable dramatic stuff. so here's here's a little window where it's like yes it's dangerous for odysseus but girls doing laundry in a beach you know pretty pretty yeah. basic and even when she's interacting with her parents it's like can i have a cart with some horses to take the laundry i mean it's all like can i borrow the car dad like it's basically that conversation yeah so i yeah. don't know i think it's an interesting window into the into the prosaic and the mundane which this poem yes. also acknowledges it's just the grand stuff
0: yeah no i agree um but there's also things that i like um also, is that if you're doing, if you're going to do the whole book, um, then this chapter definitely pays. You know, again, if time if the time constraint comes up, then you know you have to cut what you have to cut. And this is not strictly necessary. Um, if you didn't read it, you'd know exactly what was going on. It's fine, really. But uh, for building out the literary, some of the literary themes or some of the characters in the book, also, I, I really began reading Nausicaa, and I say Nausicaa, um, that's how I pronounce pronounce the name. You know, unsure myself. But um, as a parallel character, uh, if you see her, there's a couple of parallel tracks you can run her down. One, run her down the track of Telemachus. Um, if you're reading the yeah. Telemachy as a coming-of-age story, which is an attractive way to read you know, the, the, the Odyssey, and also a really great way to shorten the book if you have to, by the way, read the first four books, skip the Odyssey, essentially, and come back in at the end whenever father and yeah. son are reunited. And that's a great way of right. getting through this thing fast. So let's say you're doing that. Nausicaa is a fantastic parallel character to Telemachus. Uh, one, she's a young person who, in a kingdom, uh, three, in a difficult situation that she has to navigate accurately. There's real tension uh, mm-hmm. when she confronts Odysseus or this stranger who's washed up on the beach like a like a piece of driftwood. Um, and, and who comes out of the bushes naked, you know, so this, this wild man, you know, covered in sea brine and leaves yeah. been sleeping in a pile of leaves all night, and just, you know, uh, comes out and yeah. all the other girls that she's with, all our other maids that are down there with her helping do laundry run for it, which, you know, in general, you would tell kids if a man jumps out of the woods naked run, you know, that's the smart thing to do, you know, and I don't want to go on record right. saying, okay, because anything else we say, <laughs> I don't want that to get lost. However, Nausica does not run. She stands um, mm-hmm. and uh, confronts him, tries to figure out uh, yep. what's going on. So she has a difficult decision to make, and there's tension in it, tension on both sides. Jay, as you said, you know, if Odysseus does mm-hmm. this wrong, I mean all of her father's kingdom is going to be down on him, and they're going to rip him limb from limb. Um, so, so she's a parallel character in that way. Also, if you want to do par- parallelism to the other consequential females in the book, if you want to go down that path, um, I think she's not as consequential maybe as, you know, the three you could think of as maybe Clytemnestra, whose action sort of all happens offstage, but she's consequential. You hear about her over and over. Or Helen, who we do meet, or Penelope, who uh, we just get hints of early on, but later, you know, she plays a much, much bigger role. But as a, one of those side parallel characters that helps to develop other characters, um, she's, um, she's very interesting in, in that way as well. And uh, especially maybe on the Penelope, Penelope pr- front, because as we'll see in the next book, you can't help but see her as, um, you know, as sort of a parallel to Penelope, or maybe an insight into younger Odysseus. I don't know, something, something like that. So there are some reasons. Uh, there's some ways in which uh, she, she gives back, and besides that, she's just an extremely compelling character. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so that's not a bad, that's yeah, not cool. a bad summary. Essentially, right? What you said: Odysseus washes up on shore, um, Athena. Uh, strategizes again to um to help him. And Nausicaa is his key to uh to, to the path path forward for him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is yeah, I asked my students
1: yeah, I asked my students a few weeks ago after he read book six, um, why have Nausicaa there? Why not just have Odysseus land, figure out makeshift clothes, or just kidnap some servant and grab his clothes? I mean he's a strong warrior, he could do that it's clear that yeah. phasians haven't really done any fighting once you start reading about the facians. so i think odysseus right. could do whatever the heck he wants and then just show yeah. up and it's the sort of thing where what's clear is you even if he had clothes there's a bunch of rules it's like if you and i wanted to talk to the ceo of a company or even the head of school at our school we probably at our respective schools you don't just wander in like this is a busy person no. that's responsible for hundreds or thousands of people there's a yeah. bunch of people you see first there's a process this and then particularly if if it's there's a danger of doing things wrong, getting your life ended or getting enslaved. I mean, so yeah. it's a delicate yeah. situation, even though we don't always realize that in the middle of book six.
0: Yeah, that's right. And, and not only the dangers of getting this uh, of, of Odysseus getting this wrong um, in the presence of a young girl who's, who's vulnerable and whose parents are naturally when they're the kings, especially going to be protective of her. But the danger of not getting what you what you really need and Odysseus needs mm. not just to not be seen as a criminal, but he needs a ride home. And so um, he needs not only not to be seen negatively, but he needs to be seen very positively and be and be helped. You know, he's that supplicant. You know, um, in, in this chapter. Yeah, so maybe no, that's good. That's okay, good. so so uh, that's a you know that's a good basic overview. But let's dig in. Uh, let's dig in a little bit. If you read a little bit about the Odyssey or about classical lit, Nausicaa's name comes up. You know, a lot. So she's considered significant. So maybe we can see if we can we, we can get to the nub of that uh, too. So. Um, what do you have, uh, Jay? Do you have a um, a most significant uh, quote or scene you want to focus in on?
1: Yeah, I mean, for those who've listened to any of these, Paul and I usually pick. Um, and I think, by the way, this is really good if you're a teacher or leading a reading group. Encourage people to talk about the things that are obvious because there's often a lot of meat there. So we always talk about what each of us considers to be an obvious moment worthy of discussion and then a surprising moment. I'm. Um, um, I'm intrigued by this little tiny moment. Um, And I'm not going to talk a long time about this. I'm cheating and doing two, but I'm not talking about the first one. Um, The Emily Wilson translation does this really interesting job. Odysseus has a moment where almost in a Shakespearean fashion, there's a pause in the action and he thinks, and he says, he's in a foreign land, naked, beaten, exhausted, starving. And he says what every immigrant has ever thought. What is this country I have come to now? Are all the people wild and violent or good, hospitable, and God-fearing? I heard the sound of female voices. Is is it nymphs who frequent the craggy mountaintops and river streams and meadows lush with grass? Or could this noise I hear be human voices? I have to try to figure out who they are. And it goes for a simple moment. But you and I have been in lots of rooms where we talk about reading selections. And I think one of the most interesting sort of, Multicultural books that any of us can teach is the Odyssey, because there's so many moments like this where you have a stranger, a foreigner, an immigrant, saying the natural thing, that's just <laughs> blunt and honest. And here we have the hero of the poem and one of the greatest literary characters ever, afraid and scared, in like a yeah. just a blunt and a blunt way. And I just wanted yeah. to point that out as something that I thinks that I think is really, really, uh, really important. So. I think the, the moments I'd like to talk about is just the the Odysseus Nausica early moments. I think that's yeah. so I'm on um I'm on line like one thirty seven in the Emily Wilson and I'm skipping the weird creepy epic simile where Odysseus when he exits the bushes and approaches Nausicaa, you might remember he's compared to a mountain lion. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think it's good to tell female friends and maybe our daughters like if You're ever, you know, connected to a guy who suddenly becomes
0: lion-like? Please go the other way. (laughs) Again, to emphasize, if a naked man, we are not advocating Nausicaa's (laughs) choice of uh, action (laughs) here.
1: Right. So anyway, here is here are some moments. Uh, All caked with salt, he looked a dreadful sight. They ran along the shore, quite terrified. These are the girls. Some here, some there. And you alluded to this, but Nausicaa stayed still. Athena made her legs stop trembling and gave her courage in her heart. It isn't accidental that Athena gets her to do laundry, and it isn't accidental that Athena inspires her not to leave. She has to help Odysseus or there's no poem, or he doesn't get home. She stood there. He wondered, should he touch her knees, in other words, supplication, or keep some distance and use charming words, which we know he can do, to beg the pretty girl to show him to the town? And then he ends up, in, in Emily Wilson's translation, using calculated flattery. And I have mm-hmm. to say, just to like deep dive nerd out for a second, there's a moment in Paradise Lost where Satan approaches Eve for the first time. This is uh, prelapsarian, before the fall, Eden, yeah. and he approaches Eve's tempter, and he just figures, all right, it's so a girl. I'm just gonna like flatter her, and then I'll get her. And similar to the Odyssey, like Eve is brilliant, and he has to like three or four times tempt her to eat the apple. And in the last, the last attempt is a barrage of like incredible like like rhetorical machine gunning so here we have odysseus doing the same exact thing Pardon me wonders whether milton stole this from book six odysseus says to this girl my lady please are you divine or human if you were some great goddess from the sky you look like zeus's daughter artemis you were as tall and beautiful as she but if you live on earth and are a human your mother and your father must be lucky he goes on from there and about eight lines down line 160 i have seeing no one like you never no one this is a guy who's married to penelope who saw the most beautiful woman in the world and fought on her behalf and then was with an immortally beautiful goddess so i don't know i mean this girl is a teenager but anyway um it says down the line my lady you transfix me that same way i am in awe of you afraid to touch your knees but i'm desperate i came yeah. from and you're waiting to hit ithaca no Ogygia." Kind of. He kind of came from there. I mean, literally kind of did. And for 20 yeah. days, storm winds and waves were driving me adrift until yesterday. Some God washed me up right here, perhaps to meet more suffering. I think my troubles will not end until the gods have done their all. My lady pity me. Um, so I find it interesting that her response is, you seem to be brave and clever. Um you need to be aware that Zeus determines all of these things. Um, she, int- she, and then using Zania, using the guest, the guest friendship bond basically yeah. agrees to help him, but it's right. all very like dispassionate and not teenagery. It isn't like, Oh, thank you for the compliments. I, I just had my hair done. Like she doesn't say that it's no. all just like clear information based following right. the rules of her culture, strong. You can imagine on a stage, her feet planted, um, so and then later she says all foreigners and beggars come from Zeus. That's why it's Xenia. Yeah. So anyway, she's a really interesting example, interesting example of a peculiar kind of strength that I think surprises him. How yeah. many? You know,
0: yeah. he hasn't been around Which a does, lot. Of um, uh, how does Emily Wilson translate her first line? Uh, Nausica's first line. Nausicaa replied.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, stranger, you seem a brave and clever man. You know that Zeus apportions happiness to people, to good and bad, each one as he decides. Your troubles come from him, and you must bear them. I mean, it's yeah. a light motif in the poem, from the third page of the poem on. To what extent do the gods cause the misery? It's Zeus's initial complaint in Book One. Yeah, and uh, I one of my guys writing a Book Nine to Twelve essay. This is his big thing: is like, why do people keep people keep blaming the gods? Like he actually wrote uh, this just happened today. Can you be a hero if you're constantly blaming other
0: factors on your problems? Yeah, that's, that's, a, a, that's a great way to cut to cut that sure. topic of, of of the heroic. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. and, and in just, in of problem, to... you know, it's true. The totally no, problem, it's true. No, because the gods are definitely involved, and you know you're, you're not by yourself. Yeah. That's repeated over and over. All the smart, brave, yep. wise, great people in the book say it right down to Naska, all the way up the chain. Um, nevertheless. Nevertheless, yes, if you're complaining and blaming the gods the whole time, you're not doing it right somehow. Right, right.
1: So I'm just, I'm really interested in any time in any book, I think it's good for us to ask, what's this doing here? And there's something magical and important about the interaction between this teenage girl and this grizzled war veteran on a beach. There's something worth paying close attention to um, because there's so many surprising moments.
0: Yes, yes. I think so, too. I think it is. I think it is a brilliant piece of writing in in several different fronts. Um, and, And and one of them is, again, since we're learning and I would say since we're learning about Odysseus indirectly now, we don't see him directly in action, or we don't think we do. He's actually, mm-hmm. yeah, he is actually in action right now. The, you know, the opening lines, I'm reminded of the opening lines of plays, um, he's called the uh, skilled in all ways of contending in the Fitzgerald mm-hmm. uh, translation. And uh, this is one of the ways of contending. One of them is wielding a sword. That's not the only one. Sometimes right. there's a small child, you know, basically a child in front of you and what are you going to cut her in half? That's not, no. no, 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 no. It's a whole other skill you but have similar. to have. Oh, yeah, or you'll
1: Yeah, no, similar to being in the in the Cyclops' cave later, Yeah, he's a chess player. He knows three steps ahead. If he does anything to her, he's not going to be able to get to the King and Queen, which is his ticket home. Yeah. So he's already you know he's already figured that out. So he has to get in yes. good with her. Yeah. What's fascinating yes. is the way he presumes he's going to win her over doesn't work. She ends up accepting him and helping him, not because he's who he is, but because he's any stranger, that's what yeah. you do. That's what Zeus right. wants, She's being pious. She's doing what you're supposed to do. It right. has nothing to do with his cleverness. And it's probably one of the first times where his cleverness, his cleverness is
0: irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, she names it, right? She says, oh, you know, uh, Wilson has a, what, you're, bla- you're brave and clever. So she, uh, she's, uh, you know, that's, that's insightful. You know, she sees that, uh, that, that, that he is. So like you said, she's not taking his compliments and like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. you know, he thinks yeah, I'm yeah. awesome. He's, you know, she sees, Apple. yeah, she sees what's going on. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: What's your, ob- what's your obvious moment, Paul? What do we have to talk well, about?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, the obvious moment that, or the moment I think you have to talk about really gets spread out. That's another cheat over three moments, <laughs> but they're the exact same one. All right. If you'll allow me. Yeah. 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 The exact same one over and over. And it really is, Nausica- the, the 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 heart or the core of Nausica's character, um, I think, and it is that thing I was just um, I was just pointing out, which is her 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 um, cleverness, and or, or or the way I like to say it in class or draw attention to it is through the word judgment, um, her ability to make um, uh, wise judgments, and I think again uh, as a parallel to Telemachus, she she outstrips Telemachus uh, Telemachus isn't this smart yet. He's not quite this clever yet. If he, if he was, for example, for one thing, he would not have told the suitors that he planned on taking a ship and, you know, going out to look for his father. He would have held that a little closer to his chest. Um, it it causes him some trouble, right? Um, and that's probably something he should not have said. I don't think Nausicaa would have said that she would have sized up, um, the the suitors and realized the situation just a little bit, a little bit better. So there's three moments that kind of, um, uh, that that show that clearly about her, and uh, that again I think are key to making her pop, making her you know a, a distinguished but believable character. And that first moment that shows her judgment is um, when she wakes from the dream. Uh, Athena has visited her in the night and said, uh, Nasiga, don't you want to go do your laundry? You're you know of marrying age." You're not going to find a, you know a, a a guy to marry you unless you have you know beautiful gowns ready for your wedding. So this is on her mind. She wakes up with that in her mind, and she goes and asks uh, her dad. But she does not ask her dad if she can have the cart for the day uh, to go down to the water. Instead, um, she asks um, she asks if indirectly. She asks on behalf of her brothers, um, and saying, "Oh, she needs to do laundry for her brothers. who need to get married. Think of those guys. Right. You know, if they don't have clean laundry. How are how are you ever going to get rid of them, Dad?" You know, you're going to be mm-hmm. loafing around the house here. You're going to be sick of them. Let me go down and do that. Her dad uh, hears her say this, um, and, he, and he knows what's going on. He sees her, uh, the text says, he sees her blush, as, as she says. <laughs> so they're communicating yeah. between each other. They're two really clever people who, um, who play this game between each other and know what's going on, but do it anyway. So mm-hmm. she, knows, she knows well enough um, in, at, at the start. To, I don't know what it is. Honor her dad in some way, or um, not take chances of being told no for some personal reason, or maybe it just sounds silly to her. She's you know maybe a little embarrassed or something, and so it fronts with a different story. Um, it works. Her dad says, "Honey, I won't deny you anything. Whatever you want, go." He knows what's going on. She knows what's going on. Yeah. One, yeah, two. This moment you pointed out for her her cleverness or her her powers of judgment. This is, this is a raw moment, and, and we get one of these moments with Telemachus later, which I'll bring up um, later when Telemachus does almost exactly the same thing. He faces a potentially very, very dangerous person, a person who comes right out and says, uh, I've just killed someone. Mind if I jump in the boat with you? And Telemachus has to decide <laughs> you know, right when we rejoin whether this is a good idea or not, and, and again – The answer is always no. Don't anyone who tells you they just killed someone. They want to jump in the car with these, you know, say no, but telling doesn't say no. So he comes, he comes around. I think he grows. Um, uh, but Nausicaa is in that exact same position. A man who looks like a lion, you know, this wild beast of a person and he's naked and he jumps out of the bushes, um, and says, Hey, would you help me? Um, and she has to size, she has to size him up. And that line, again, you gave us from the Emily Wilson, uh, translation, um, uh, in the Robert Fitzgerald translation, Nausicaa says, stranger, there's no quirk or evil in you that I can see. And she moves forward. So she sizes them up. You know, you're not I don't see any evil in your in, in your nature and, and makes the decision to move forward. Could have been devastating. If she was wrong, um, but she wasn't. So that makes that makes all the difference. And then I think third, another instance of this that just confirms her character throughout is is at the end. When she tells Odysseus how to get what he needs um, right. she, she, she makes a plan which we can go into uh, with him, which also reminds us of of Athena and Odysseus who are who are skilled at wisdom in war, wisdom and strategy. Right. She's got that too. she's got a little bit of that you know in her in her nature as well and but but the line I really like right at the end of the chapter, uh, that shows real insight. And, and this, again, is both <laughs> clever judgment and something, you know, that, um, that 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 students demonstrate and that your own kids, if you have them demonstrate last page of the book in um, in the Fitzgerald translation. She tells Odysseus, uh, my, you know, how to get to her father's court. My father's great chair is there, and faces the fire too. there like a God. He sits and takes his wine. Go past him. Don't talk to him. <laughs> So we're both Catch dads and husbands, my... like.
1: But Paul, we're both dads and husbands. That's the most relatable moment in the Odyssey. You just read it. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a dad there, but if you need something, just walk by him, right? And, right? Like Homer yeah. even knew that. Like he right. had the he basic literally said, of "Like
0: he's sitting in his lazy boy drinking beer." You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's right That's there. Like,
1: the game is on. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, right. You don't need to win he's a movie. He's scrolling through watching. Twitter. You know? He's just scrolling through Twitter. <laughs> his, that's it. Go past the old man. Cast yourself before my mother. Embrace her knees. Supplication. And you may wake up soon at home rejoicing, though your home be far away. On my mother's feeling, much depends. Understatement of the whole yeah. book. On my mother's feelings, much uh-huh. depends. In other words, uh, dad's in charge. Well, he's, king. he's wise. Yeah. He's wise. He's smart. Yeah. But well, talk to mom. Okay, need I say more? Yeah. And uh, right. and there it is. She knows that. She understands us about her parents. It's it's a very mature sort of thing. Her parents are people, you yeah. know, to her. Her parents are not just yeah. um, you know mom and dad or whatever. So yeah. um, so I give that like moments that show um, that show Nausicaa's wisdom, uh, her judgment, uh, her, her insight. Um, make her make her a distinctive character and one that you can hold up as a parallel to the different characters if you want to yeah
1: yeah that's really great um, my surprising moment is the end of the speech that i was reading earlier from odysseus it's it's line 180 in the wilson it's the conclusion of odysseus's initial argument for winning over nausicaa so uh, he says so may the gods grant all your heart's desires a home and husband somebody like-minded for nothing could be better than when two live in one house their minds in harmony husband and wife their enemies mm-hmm. are jealous their friends delighted they have a great honor there's some old testament echoes there but um yeah. the like-minded phrase in greek is homo sophrine, and it means uh sophrine is like excellence of character and mind homo is the same but what my students were wrestling with this year was, in book five, the very natural question of, um, you know, why, um, why is it that Odysseus chooses to uh, leave paradise? And mm. uh, one of my students wrote this year uh, that this is the answer. What, and look, again, another, like, teaching trick if you're ever in the middle of complicated stuff, something you always can do is ask, what does a character want? Because a person is what they yeah. want. So what does the yeah. character want? And here Odysseus mm-hmm. says, Odysseus says, um, I want someone like-minded. And there's a sense, well, the little we know of Penelope, that's Penelope. Now he's with various supernatural characters along the way, largely to get to the next thing. Um, but, You know, this is what he wishes her. It's also a subtle way of saying, like, you know, this isn't me. Like, I'm your father's age, and I've had a different life or whatever. He doesn't say all that, but this is what I want for you. And then he riffs on, like, the dream ideal relationship, and you realize that he lives a life of the mind. Achilles wouldn't give this speech. In fact, Achilles would already have gotten home and and killed all the suitors. Like, the poem would be over by now if this was – if Achilles made it out of, you know, out of the, you know, wasn't shot in the Achilles heel, he should have seen that coming. But um, so, you know, only Odysseus cares this much about this um, Hmm. of all the sort of heroes in the Iliad. And we know that he wasn't a particularly great military presence in the Iliad. He led a nighttime raid that was kind of shameful. And he came up with the great trick. But his gift is the mind. So it's no wonder that that's what he's looking yeah. for in a partner. And that's his sort of ideal. Um, I just think that's a really interesting nugget. And one of my students said this year, like, is he still BSing her? Or is this what he really thinks? And that's a great question. How do we ever know when a liar is telling the truth? I mean, but I don't know. I just yeah. I think that idea of how much the mind matters in the Odyssey is, to be honest, peculiar in, to the Odyssey. It really has yeah. a really special place, like, like-mindedness. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, Calypso loved him, but they weren't connected mentally. Um, yeah. Later on, Cer- Cersei, I think, loves him or is connected to him in some way, but that, that connection doesn't exist. Now, Sika, out of those three, probably has the best chance. She seems, like you said, clever. Um, yeah. But not enough for Odysseus. They, they don't have that, like, like, immediate, ineffable, intellectual bond. So right. I don't know. I think that's a really interesting thing.
0: And also she's a kid, you know, and so she's not there as a potential um, as a potential spouse, you know, or a potential mate or, right. or anything like that you know, for, for Odysseus. Uh, she's there for a different purpose. Um, I, yep. Again, I go to the parallelism. She's there as a as a parallel character. Um, they uh, Odysseus shows who she is. But Odysseus is the more important character. His name's on the book. Um, she helps to show who he is um, as well. And, and there's lots of lots of things you can build out from there. But one of them is, yeah, you're right. I mean, look at her as a, as a you know, as a, as as unlike, um, you know, these other characters uh, that you name, and who she's really like is, and which we'll find out later. We don't really know, but you kind of think she must be like, is like Penelope. Um, yep. And, and and she is. And later we'll find out that the Penelope is more than a match uh, for for Odysseus, as it as it turns out. So there's a special, this special little moment where this, where this um, identity, um, uh, this unity of identity, uh, shows up in, in, in this book in, in, in Mm -hmm. in a strange, unlooked for, uh, place. And I know it's kind of beautiful. It's just a beautiful little moment. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have a surprising
0: moment? Well, I think for me, I'd build off of that. I don't know you know, why this husband thing is such a theme in, in this, you know, in this chapter. Exactly. I mean, I have some, you know, I have some guesses, uh, but you know, it opens with Nausicaa dreaming about um, uh, marriage. The whole thing is this thing of going and washing your clothes uh, to be married. Then also as a part of her cleverness in the plot that she devises, you know, for how to get Odysseus back to her father's house is that she doesn't ask him to follow her on the wagon, or she doesn't give him a ride in the wagon because, yeah, she's going to yep. yeah, we'll walk through town. And, and she goes, and you'll see, this is, a, this is a fishing village. You know, all the guys are sitting around talking. And when they see me coming by with yeah. a stranger in the way, you no, know, that's not a good idea. There's going to be gossip. There's going to be right. calls. People think I'm I'm not, you know, it, it doesn't look good. It, it looks inappropriate. And uh, so I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so in, in that cleverness, so. That marriage thing is is on the page there, and then you know, and then straight through to the end, the passage that uh, the passage that uh, that you read as well, and then you know, we'll hear this this thing capped off where Odysseus sort of articulates in the next chapter, you know, about you know, I mean, yeah. brings it up again. So it's kind of strange, I think, in a way that that why this husband thing. Oh, and she says, I think there's a quote. Um, she says, I wish my husband could be as fine as he and glad to stay yeah. forever yeah. Uh, here, you know, on, on our on our island. So I guess that quote as well. So she she directly connects them and says, I hope to have a husband um, yeah. like him, someone who would stay here, you know, and be here. So I'm yeah. not you know, not exactly sure um, why that why that has to be in here. Maybe it evokes something about about again, about Odysseus and his character. I thought also of a, of a couple of things. If you're trying to do. I was trying to push the parallelism with Telemachus. Telemachus's role as a young man who's coming of age, kind of late, really in life, um, is to is to reset the hearth and home that's broken. And and Nausicaa yeah. kind of articulates things where her her house and home is in fine order. She has great parents. Yeah. Um. They don't need it to be reset by her. But what she needs to do is to not break it. Um. She needs to show piety. Right. Uh, which, which she brings up, she says, mm-hmm. "Look, like if I, if I married someone who my parents didn't know about or had no, nothing to do with, you know, I would dishonor them. It would be disrespectful to them. I'm not going to yeah. do that. Um, and so her job, her job That's is cool. to, is to, is to be herself, be distinctive, be clever like she is, uh, but also not to break good things, um, around her. And She's careful yeah. not to, um, as she, as she moves forward. So, um, I don't know. Something about that is kind of kind of a surprising part of the story. that yeah. you're not sure what to deal with, but the more you think about it, I think it, uh, it pays, it pays off.
1: Yeah, my, my link, we usually end with just a couple of lingering questions. Nothing is ever perfectly resolved. And even in the end, I mean, of all great books, this one has the most complicated resolution one could argue of any. Um, morally complicated anyway, but um, so... My lingering question is sort of dovetails off everything you were just talking about. My lingering question is why does this chapter exist or how does it support the greater story? And we've kind of talked about it. Um, I think sometimes that many of, you know, the greatest evil, I think that we see in the Odyssey, one of the great dangers is um, all the different times Odysseus and his men are tempted to or actually forget home. It's a nostos. It's a homecoming. And forgetting home when home is the goal is a great evil. Well, there's various moments on various islands where forgetting home, either with sex or drugs um, or prospects of marriage in a place that is so peaceful and everybody is whole and and loving Mm -hmm. and supportive and the communication seems good and no one has war scars. And how attractive that must be. Um, yeah. So it, to me, it, one thing it is is it's a temptation chapter, but I think another thing it is it it sets up Homer sh- just shows us and doesn't explain it. He just shows us the wide chasm between a grizzled war veteran who fought hand to hand combat for ten years, who held the bodies of loved ones, who 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 misses comrades and. So the the, the discrepancy between that life in a young, innocent, clever girl playing ball on a beach doing laundry, you almost, I mean, that would be like going to Mars, you know? So just setting up that contrast, I think, shows the gap between Odysseus and everything he's been through and where he's going to have to go to reintegrate into the world again.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's great. To me, the brilliant is Homer
1: not map. Homer doesn't all like connect all the dots for us and hand it to us. I just think that that's sort of sitting there, and that's like one of the things that is happening. But anyway,
0: yeah, no, it's good, and it's almost like I like that connection to the home piece because it's uh, you can almost line it up like there's a temptation of um, of uh, you know like that question you said before. Your students ask, "How come he doesn't just stay in paradise?" Well, this is another paradise in a way. A closer oh yes you know to to a human paradise. Uh Nausicaa's a human yes. person. nasica's a clever person. Um she lives in a in a good place with good people as it turns out. Um but mm-hmm. but it's not home. nasica's not Penelope. Right. At the at the least you can say is she's not Penelope. Um and so there's this temptation, both the characters face. Telemachus is in hell and he's somehow tempted to stay in hell, right? A thing that has to show up mm-hmm. and say, Hey, you're in hell, you know, and you can and the gates open. You can leave if you want to. Um, Odysseus is in is in paradise, uh, by some ways of looking at it, and 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 uh, he doesn't want to be there. You know, he he wants to leave as well. The only place either character can be is home, and um, yeah, that's you know that's an interesting point uh, that, that that they all seem to uh, they all seem to get. Uh, for me, the lingering question at the end. Is I'm not sure what you're referring to about the moral, you know, dilemma uh, of this chapter or the uncertainty of the, the wrap up. Maybe this touches I'm on that's but I don't the know. moral
1: dilemma of the end of the book, of the end of the whole poem.
0: Oh, oh, oh okay, sorry. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, yeah. All right, I thought you were talking about the book, um, th- this book six. But for me, the end of the book, you find out if you didn't know already, when you find out that uh, the Fakians are not fighters, you know, the bow and arrow, Naska says, is not for us. Um, if When you go through town, you'll see guys working on boats. You know, it's the shipbuilding. you know, like Essex, Massachusetts, the old shipbuilding building site. You can go and see yeah. the ships now, the Airedale. I saw them launch it a few years ago, eight years ago maybe. Um, they're making boats. That's what they do there. They're not, they're, they're not fighters. So if you didn't make the connection, they worship Poseidon all right because these are people who cross the sea with skill and if you're going to cross the territory of poseidon then you better worship poseidon um mm. why is odysseus finding his way home in the land of his great enemy uh, this is not where he should find friendship This is not where he should find a cord. This is where he should find some deep spiritual discord because these people uh, love and love and worship Poseidon. And uh, Poseidon's, as the end of the book says here, Poseidon smoldered on until the kingly Mm -hmm. man came home on his own shore. He's (laughs) he's unhappy. And we know the Fickeians are going to pay a little price for this, but um, but they have no animosity toward him. And and and, and as plotting goes, you know, uh, this is uh, an interesting place to stick. Um, hmm. Odysseus' breakthrough for, for finally a chance of getting getting home is amongst his enemies. Yeah, I don't know what that means. What does that mean?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, are you talking about the last moments of
0: the, the chapter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He prayed for that and Pallas Athena heard him, although in deference to her father's brother, that'd be Poseidon, she would not show her true form to Odysseus, at whom Poseidon smoldered on. So these are these are Poseidon's people, you know. Right. They vote for him in every election, and yeah. uh, and they're still going to help. You know, <laughs> they're going to help Odysseus yeah. um, make his way across his wide back. You know, Poseidon, the, the wide back of the sea, the wide dark sea, where Poseidon could take him down, and uh, they're going to get him mm. across it.
1: Part of me wonders, Paul, because I agree it's a peculiar thing. Part of me wonders is this: if there's a unique form of piety among the gods that they're aware that they each have their potency and their wills and there's also fate which transcends the will of the gods and we learn that that Odysseus is fated to get home now the details about how difficult or not difficult that is is up to choice and gods and everything but he's getting home right he's getting home right and once you read the Odyssey you realize all the complete literal deus ex machina that have to happen for him to get home but mm. um part of me thinks that even athena who's a powerful god is aware of the fates and is aware that you know her brother's will is strong like her will is strong she can't thwart it just by wanting the opposite yeah um so yeah. I, it is interesting though um and yeah. sort of like you know if you're teaching anything in the bible new readers will often say, well, why doesn't God just insert himself in that moment and fix that thing? It's that, yeah. that impulse where we see yeah. power not respond. And I just think the, the supernatural landscape of the Iliad and the Odyssey are way more complicated than that of the Bible. Cause there's many of these gods with many different wills and many different complicated histories.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, so it is fascinating. Right. I mean, you're, you're really right. on theological levels the whole time.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what they have in common is that the humans, whatever the relationship to the God slash God in the Bible is. The earth is their home in some substantial way, a body, you know, not yeah. just their soul or spirit. The body is a inextricably um, crucial uh, part of their experience, even in New Testament mm-hmm. theology. Um uh, there's a, some kind of new body you know after you know uh, Christians are resurrected into some some new perfected I guess prelapsarian. Um, Syrian <laughs> you use that term before uh, a body. so even after death they're re-embodied so somehow this physical body thing you know is is crucial in the Odyssey it's the same too. Athena could have told mm-hmm. telemachus. Exactly where Odysseus is, he doesn't have to go out and look for him and figure out when he's coming home. Yeah. Uh, well, Athena knows, that she could go find out and just come and say, "Hey, just sit tight where you are. I'll tell right. you all you need to know." That's not how it works. Same with right. Odysseus later. We're going to see him, right? Circe is going to send him into the underworld to find out the way to get home. He finds out zero things about how to get home, you know, from from the underworld. But he finds out something else. Telemachus um, is going to this, gonna learn nothing about his father on this trip, but that's not the point. The point is not googling mm-hmm. the facts. Uh, you know, right. the information, the information is right. nothing, the experience of it as a human being, because mm. does not come back home the same person that he is in, in good thing, because he wouldn't be ready for what's waiting for him, uh, when he mm. comes, w- when he comes back home. And this is being older, seems to have a strong sense of the importance of his suffering, and, and, and of his experience, he knows it's changing him and transforming him. And he's aware of it and articulating it all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the same in the Bible. People suffer. But um, but 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 in the end, there's a sort of comedic structure you know, to the story and that you end up back where you left off back in Paris. Yeah, I'm mean, back back where you left, where, where you found yourself in the beginning. <laughs> so right. Right. So no, that's good. Interesting. Yeah,
1: next chapter, next conversation. We have to have Odysseus, right, interact with the Phaeacians, and wow, talk about a fish out of water, almost literally. Uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's really it's really awkward. Uh, my students that are athletes love the sports stuff on yeah. Sharia on the island, and uh, and yeah. the difference really between like being a green beret versus a guy who likes to work out at the gym. Those are two different things. Yeah. And, uh, Yeah. <laughs> so there's actually some comedy coming up. Um, right. So if you right. like laundry, we hope you enjoyed this episode, but there's some other stuff about to happen, but
0: yeah, um, there's a little bit of uh, like track and field slash CrossFit, you know, in uh, the next chapter. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Does that get us through?
1: I think so. I think that was a good chat and, um, hopefully people are willing to, to comment, ask questions, offer alternate, uh, thoughts or opinions. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Yeah, I'd love to hear that especially about Nausicaa. she's talked about a ton and if you start looking into her you have some insights um, into her um, I looked in one of my favorite books before this episode um, to uh, to see what I could find I found nothing in that in that book from that author but um, uh, but there's a lot out there I know and um, these are these are our insights from reading with other <laughs> with other readers uh, young students in high school and from you know from talking about it ourselves so anything else mm-hmm. you find please throw them in the comments we'd love to love to hear about it all right, Jay. Hey, thanks a ton. Great book six. Thanks, and i uh, see you again for book seven. Great. Good to see you. All right. You too. Talk to you later.